South Florida. Full Charge is Matt Fulcheron. Uh, we got a great episode this week. Christina Pajitsky is on the episode. And uh, I want to thank everybody for their donations. And I want to encourage everybody to donate a dollar at thefullcharge.com. Just go to the donate section and uh, donate what you can. A dollar an episode is ideal. But we will take 10 cents. We will take one cent. Uh, just helps keep us going. And rate and review. And um, spread the word. Tell a friend. Uh, follow at Team Coleman 76. Craig's got a gig in Southern California. Uh, hit him up on Twitter at Team Coleman 76. I don't have the date in front of me right now. But uh, go see uh, Craig do stand up. Go see me do stand up, West Nyack, New York, August 6th. Uh, come on out and enjoy this episode. It's a good one. Bye, sweethearts. Are you getting the yes, bo- the boneless ones? No, I'm getting the bone. Boneful. Wow. Full bone for the full charge. Okay. Yeah. Welcome to the full charge power hour. <laughs> Thanks for having me. You just ordered uh, chicken wings. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Uh, the only, I don't feel good about it. <laughs> the only reason I ordered it is because I didn't know what to order. Yeah. And quite frankly, I've been looking at this menu for two months. We're at the Funny Bone right now. We're with Christina Pajitsky. Yes. And um, I've been looking at this menu like it's the goddamn Da Vinci Code <laughs> for like... I know. Yeah, I always look at it. I go, all right, I'm going to... Um, and that's if I'm ever depressed, I always talk myself into it. I'm like, you're going to have a good time. Yeah. You're going to work with some friends. Yeah. You're going to work on material. You're going to eat some good food. <laughs> and then I get there and I look at the menu and I'm like, w- what's Mm-mm. good on here? Mm. And it's always, to me, you're trying to configure it to be less evil. Like, maybe I'll get the salmon and I'll right. get some vegetables, but the vegetables will be watery and soggy. And then eventually by Sunday, I just give up and eat nothing but bread pudding and french fries and call it a night. Yeah, you just, you're not going to win. But, you're not going to win. But when I'm in the burbs, I get uh, hunger phobia, which... What's that? I have... I, I have a combination of fat shame <laughs> with hunger phobia. Because I look, huh. at, I look at myself in the mirror. There's a good chance if you are in um, a hotel, you can find a three-way mirror in the hotel, and you're like, "Oh, that's how other people see me." Don't Mother do it. Mother, fuck this life. Don't do it. And I'm like, "All right, so I'm a little bit fat." Uh, <laughs> But then on top of that, whenever I'm in, in the burbs, <laughs> whenever I'm not in New York or L.A. I'm constantly scared that I'm not going to have something to eat when I need it. As I have the same thing, yes. Because, and even if there is something available, now you're ordering delivery, yep. and it's overpriced. Well, slippery slope. And there's too much of it? Yep, because you have to order a minimum of like $30 worth of Chinese food. And now, now you're eating fucking uh, pizza so sore. for two days straight. And uh, the second uh, day doesn't sore. even taste good. No. You know what I do? It's too. like the beginning of, of, Heart of Hearts of Darkness. Yeah. <laughs> or uh, Apocalypse yeah, Now. You're in the cave. Apocalypse Now. You're just <laughs> the horror. <laughs> just, I'm thinking of the beginning where he's like punching mirrors and stuff. <laughs> this is um, the end. My Heart of Darkness is like I start to hoard food for before I get on the plane because I'm convinced <laughs> that I'll never have food ever again. So it starts at 7 in the morning at LAX. Right. Like I, I go and I buy breakfast and then I buy lunch and then I buy food bars, yep. meal replacement bars, fruits, yep. vegetables. Because I'm just convinced I cannot find these things in Connecticut. Right. It'll only in L.A. You might be able to find them, but it's going to be a deal. Yeah. And let us just tell the audience right now, <laughs> we got two restaurants that I actually love. 
I'll shit yeah. on TGI Friday all, all I want. Yeah. But when I'm sitting there with their sure. food in my face, I'm loving it. Oh, Tom and I ain't there already this it week. It ain't Tuesday. Once. It's no. Friday. That's what's up. In my mouth. You okay. And then Outback Steakhouse is one of my all-time favorites. Mm-hmm. And you and I dined there. We got that, but eh, there's another part of me that's not crazy about spending twenty dollars for a meal. No, like that's fucking Looney Tunes. It is. So, if you see, if you get in the hotel room and there's no refrigerator, oh. you're like, oh fuck me. Okay, can, can I tell you what I do too? <laughs> Just uh, here's a nice traveler what tip for what do people. You do? Here's the secret. You can ask for a refrigerator, and if they give you that dog shit about it's $20, yeah. you tell them you have medicine that needs to be refrigerated. Ah, and you'll die in their hotel. That's what's up. And now you get a free fridge. Nice. And if you ask for the microwave, they likely have one. Yeah. You just of course ask. they got one. Yeah, you got to ask. Fuck. It's survival, dude. Okay. So we are here in Connecticut. We're in uh, Hartford. A.K.A. Fartford. A.K.A. Manchester, A.K.A. <laughs> Hartford adjacent, just like many of the Funny Bone clubs and many of the improv clubs, the name suggests a city. Yeah. Like Chicago, like Des Moines. Right. But they're not in the city at all. Like an hour outside of Chicago. If I was staying in a hotel in any one of these cities, all right, let's take Des Moines, for example. Yeah. Des Moines, not that exciting. However... <laughs> If I was downtown, yeah, which it's not known for its downtown, but if it just even looked like a city and there was maybe three or four bars with late mm. night food available mm. before I went home, I would feel great. But this is very much just mm. stay at the hotel, yeah. go to the mall. These are always in shopping malls. Mm. We're here. I just got here from uh, – I was in Florida last week and uh, <laughs> I was in New York for three days. And then this, you'll appreciate this. This is funny. Like, okay, so Claude Stewart was on my podcast last week. I love Claude. So this is a good, um, this is good for my audience. Uh, Claude, uh, we did the podcast and everything. And then, like, I'm getting ready to do the show, the Sunday night show. And he's, I'm, like, in the mirror, like, brushing my teeth and stuff. And he's in the mirror behind me. He's like, hey, uh, buddy, hey, uh, I really got to ask you this. I got to, uh, I hate to ask you this because I know if, uh, if, if we were on the, if you were on the road and you were calling me to complain about the road, this is something you'd be complaining about. But, uh, hey, uh, is it cool? And I'm like, I'm just like, oh, just, no. just, just fucking say it. <laughs> just fucking say it because I know what you're about to ask me. And I'm totally fucking annoyed with you right now. So go ahead. And he's like, is it cool if I, uh, if I stay here tonight? And I was just like, oh, <laughs> I, just go, no. I just go, yeah. Yep, it's cool. And I was totally bummed about it because yeah. that's the only thing I really appreciate is getting home and getting a little bit of time to myself. By home, you mean the hotel room. The hotel room. Yes, of course. And Sanctuary. I also know that I'm going to be sleeping on a floor Ugh. in like a Brooklyn apartment. Right. The next three days, and I knew that like this is my last little piece of of bed. Yeah, and I just reluctantly, like a dickhead, said yes, no. yes, like like visibly <laughs> angry, like yes, Claude, yeah, you can do it. And then I'm like, I'm all fucking worked up for like the next half hour for the next forty five <laughs> minutes. Like, oh fuck, I, oh, Jesus Christ, and I feel bad for him yeah. because he's done nothing but favors for me. Yeah, nothing for favors for me, and. After about an hour, he did the thing where he goes, uh, he goes, hey, I'm, just, I'm really sorry, man. It's just, there's nothing I can do. And I go, I've already accepted it. <laughs> like, I'm totally cool. Or you're all in. My anger or whatever I was experiencing, my negative thoughts are gone. Yeah. And we're good. You surrendered to the I situation. surrendered to it. I accepted it. And everything <laughs> was good. Now, on the upside, I was working with Bert. Who's awesome. Who's awesome. And so the show's probably over at 9 o'clock. Oh, we stayed at the club until like 1 a.m., 2 a.m. Claude's flight, flight is at 6. Oh, no. What the fuck did it matter, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it was nothing. It turned out to be nothing at all. Well, that's good. Yeah. And um, we even got in trouble like old school style. Like uh, like we're all giggling and laughing and stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm all putting up the podcast. It was a comedy camp, you know. Mm-hmm. We're all sharing a room. It was like a dorm room. That's and fun. people came over and they were like, could you all uh-huh. shut the fuck up, please? <laughs> Oh, sorry about that, man. Sorry. Oh, sorry. So it ended up being like not as awful as you anticipated. And that's the thing is that. It wasn't. 
because I get real weird about social interaction. Yeah. Like I like you guys. So my husband is working with you this week in Hartford, right. and I just tagged along. And the Friday night, I was like, ah, I don't want to go, you know, because I get antisocial. Right. And instead, what I do is I I decide not to hang out with people. I stay alone in the room, and then I get on the web. And then I get depressed, and then yeah. I get weird. Yeah. And I forced myself on Friday. I was like, I, I will be social. I will not let that happen. And it was so much fun, and we had the best time. It's, and um, sometimes you have to force yourself in, into being a social person, and it, and it works out great. It's a big deal for those that are depressed. <laughs> um, and and when you're depressed, your instincts are to like hide from the world. Yeah. But... If you go out and socialize, you're gonna you're gonna feel way better, especially if you're with friends. Wait, but am I depressed? I didn't know I was depressed. No, that, that's but my default setting. That's I, my normal. I'm just saying, like that's that's where I'm coming from. Yeah. Like like if I'm depressed and I'm feeling antisocial, sometimes it's totally cool to stay home. Yes, but this is like I'm not talking about you. I'm like switching gears. Right. No, I hear you, but I'm just worried. I'm like, oh, does this mean I'm? Cr- that's my default. No, setting, no, 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 no. Shittiness. That's, Maybe it's just on the road. That's the other side oh, of the coin. God. Is there's nothing wrong with spending time by yourself. No. Now some people have the opposite problem. Right. They gotta have people around. Bert. Bert Kreischer is gotta that have guy. people around. I can't yeah. go home. No. Um, me, my instincts are to be by myself. You're a lone wolf. But if I go through, if I go through like bad times. Like sitting at home, especially. All right, now, now, that's the equation without the internet. Uh, you better not ever <laughs> get on the fucking internet. Uh, what it, what I knew would happen to me has happened. Like you know, I didn't get a smartphone for the longest time. Yes, because I knew what would happen. Like I'm on the goddamn thing all the time. Of course, and I'm like, and 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 I don't get that much negative shit on there. But every once in a while, I do. Yeah. Um, and then, like, I'm following all these people, and I feel like I'm competing with all these other comedians, and all they do is, like, brag about their stuff. They have to. They have to promote their shit. You have to. Yeah, it's, that's what it's there for. And I'll just, I'll get, and then, like, people will send me pictures of, um, of like, like, if it's a show weekend, oh, people send you pictures, like, I was just chilling with the full charge. And you, you look at the picture, you go, oh, fuck. <laughs> that's what I look like all night. <laughs> I thought I was cool. Like a regular old fucking white person. <laughs> I just ah. had that. I just, Tommy and I just came back from Toronto, mm-hmm. and I saw the fan pictures because we had one <laughs> photographer take pictures. Yeah. And I looked at that, and I thought, Mike, am I, am I that bloated? Am I that fucking old? Here I am thinking in my head I still look like I did when I was 25. And yeah. I clearly don't. Ordie oh. Adams has a really good joke. He's got this joke where, like, back in the day you get your pictures back, mm. and you go, man, I used to be fat. Right. Now you get the picture. You're like, I was fat. I look good now. Right. Like, I'm looking in the mirror. I look fine. But then when, but if you uh. just look immediately at a picture, you're like, oh, fuck. Fuck. God damn it. All the hell. We're way too self-aware these days. Uh, what? Yeah, it's the, killing the, me. The problem is, is that you never saw that many pictures of yourself. You never, only, ever. Yeah, you only saw the finished product, the retouched, and now you see exactly what you look like all the time, and it's fucking horrifying. It is. And mortifying. We, we're never supposed to know this much about ourselves. Oh, my God. No, no, no. <laughs> it, this is the most, you know, it's funny. So we, Tom and I did an interview with this guy, and, and he goes, you know, you talk about your marriage a lot on your mom's house, your personal details. Do you feel weird about that? And I go, you know what? This generation has no sense of shame. Right. They have lost the the, the the delineation of public versus private. There is no such thing right. anymore. Really, truly, because your sandwich is on the web. Yeah, you have a baby, the fucking sonogram picture. Like, you, you have a digital footprint before you have a footprint now. Yeah. That's how crazy this has become. And, and I think it's kind of good in some ways because the whole idea of being shame, like feeling shame about things... It's kind of it's it's opening up. So right. if you have something weird about yourself, well, guess what? There's a forum or there's a website. There's a that's an area true. to go to. That's yeah. true. Yeah, and that could, that can go to extremes too. It's like, oh, these people are pedophiles too. <laughs> I guess Yay! it's not that bad. It goes both ways. Hooray! <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, speaking of sleeping over with comedians, I used to. Did I just blot your thing? No, Sorry, no, 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 off. no. I, I used to, I won't say this girl's name, but she, I, I featured for her for a year in, in like Florida and various places. And, and I used to dread those weeks where, um, you know who it is, you know, yeah, oh, yeah. I know who it is. And, uh, I would dread the weeks where we would be 
in the same room because some some bookers, sometimes you have to do that. Yeah, some bookers were so cheap that, and, and that's the other thing. Just a little uh, side note: I'd be a total ass to even be an ass about it because Claude is has put me up before. Aww. He's like, I'm headlining, you're featuring. Here's the thing: we're going to have to share a room. So I'd be a total fucking piece of shit. And like I said, it, it turned out being fun. But right, please, but please. you know, but you yeah. have a right to your sure to want your and I actually really for a time enjoyed this person's company. Yeah, but at the end of the night, you're an adult and you want your own space. Absolutely. Now this particular adult, <laughs> <laughs> um, you had a hard time using that word, didn't wow. you? Wow. Yeah. I mean, sometimes there would be things where this person would go back to the room and then Google themselves. Ooh. And look up, look at the pictures, look at the comments. Man. Yeah, and then go down that rabbit hole, and then I'd have to, like, talk this person oh, no. off the ledge. Or yeah. you're like, oh, why, why did you do that to yourself? Don't. First of all, don't. never Google yourself. No. Second of all, never Google yourself after 8 p.m. Because <laughs> you will not be sleeping. <laughs> you will not be sleeping that night. No. Oh, it's the worst. I know. What is wrong with us? Does everybody feel this way, or just comedians, do you think? Uh, I think... I think a lot of people are aware of it, but I think I, I know. No, I think I think all artists I've heard, like directors, everybody talk about googling themselves yeah. and thinking uh, and just it's it's a horror show. Come in, who in the world is knocking like that? Come in. This is the best part. You say come in five times. What's oh up, hi, dude? hey buddy, we're recording a podcast. Do you, you gonna? Okay, oh, he's good. Up. All right, bye. One love. Thanks, Thanks for Matt. doing that. Sure. Unzip it. Oh. Let me grab that for you. you. Let me grab that for you. This is it? That's good. You sold good. Here, I got one more for you. I got one more. This one's stuck to the table. This is an extra special print. (laughs) Thank you, Matt. Thanks, Matt. So, yes. but that's interesting because you started kind of your show business career in, in like the beginning of... Like reality television. Oh, like yeah. Let's, like, let's put a camera on somebody and kind of violate their privacy <laughs> in a little bit. In, in yeah. a way, right? Yeah. And so I was curious because, like I told you before, I've known you forever. Yes. But I, um, I, don't, I don't know how you ended up on being <laughs> one of the first reality shows. I know. We never I don't, talked I about don't, it. I know it probably happened in San Francisco, but I don't know. I, so you, let's just... Yeah. You graduate from high school. Yes. And did you know where you were going to go? Did you know what you were going to do? All I knew is that I hated my home. Mm-hmm. I hated, I had a horrible family life. My mother, uh, I have a very strange relationship with. She's a lunatic. She married a criminal. Right. So there was a, the IRS repossessed our home my senior year of high school. <laughs> I had a stepsister. Um, with a severe meth addiction, like oh, it was man. bad. So, While you were in high school, yeah, like oh, my whole man. everything, my whole life was. So I knew I wanted the fuck out. Yeah. So I had bad grades in high school. I barely got through, but I managed to get into one college, the University of San Francisco. Yeah. I mean, I barely. I got like eight hundred on my SATs. I was. Yeah, me too. You know, I, I think it's really weird because a lot of people think I'm smart. <laughs> But I studied for this thing, and I took it twice, and I only got an 800 on the goddamn thing. Yeah, where was your... I really tried. <laughs> and, like, so people the I. night before were like, uh, hey, you want to go You want to go out and do this party? I'm like, uh. no, I got the SATs tomorrow. Like, You're going to do fine. <laughs> I did not do fine. And I my parents were so like, oh, fuck, what is, what is, what is wrong? Because all they wanted was, like, the whole college, yes. the whole SATs thing. And I... I could manage to get good grades, but for some reason, that test. That test spooked me, and I wasn't good at math. I scored <laughs> yeah. like a 350 right. in math, right. and the rest was verbal. And my home was chaotic. I didn't have a, like, you know, you don't want to study when, you can't study when there's right. plates being thrown, and you're, you know, getting screamed at. So How crazy was the test, though? It was like, Ugh. dog is to couch, <laughs> yeah. as tree is to. You're like, what? Ugh, but then bad. there's some people who can get like 1600s on them. I just and like 1400s on them. No, and I admire any young person that has that kind of focus. Right, at because that age. you only have that adult brain for a couple years at that point. Yeah, right? it's crazy. Well, and I was so focused on you know external things like yeah. am I cool? Do I have the right T-shirt on right, right now? Am I right. smoking cigarettes right? Like yeah. you and know, on, yeah. On top of that, you're supposed to know what a romboid is. Yeah, like no, I'm just trying is to get a right boyfriend. Rhombus. <laughs> Rhombus. Rhombinoid. Romboid. Avoid the romboid. 
So anyway, so, so okay, so I get I find I eke into college. I get into college on a academic probation, which means I can only take like twelve units, and I have to take a college success course. <laughs> really? Yeah, I was a fuck up. So. I studied philosophy. So you go. You, so you go to San Francisco. I go to San Francisco. I get the fuck out of my house with my best friend Shauna, who also goes there. The only reason I applied there is because she did, and I right. figured she knows what she's doing. I'm just going to follow her lead. And um, I study philosophy, and I really enjoy it. I go study abroad for a year, and I really enjoy that. I went to England. Come in. Oh my god, this isn't fun. Hi. Yes, please. Oh, you got the bread pudding. I didn't get it. Who broke down and got the bread pudding? I think it's in Dang the showroom. It. I think it's Dan's. Might be in the show. Yeah. Sorry to make Sorry. you go in there. It's funny that poor girl. Yeah. They she always tell her. They always tell her to come in the green room. Do they? And it's never the right order. No. She's <laughs> constantly coming in here. She looked like she was twelve she's and so terrified. Sweet. She's like, "What are they doing on the microphone? Am I on the podcast now?" She's new to comedy. Um. So so you so, go yeah. abroad. Where'd you go? So I studied in England. I actually managed to... So I did really well in college because I was not at home. And I yeah. ended up getting like really good grades. And I got into this program to study philosophy at Oxford. Don't you, don't you feel like... And you, you're laughing about taking that college success uh, class. But don't you feel like once someone explains studying to you? Yeah. You go, oh. Like I remember <laughs> at one point somebody just goes, hey, you got to memorize the shit. Right. And I go, oh. Because <laughs> right. I just like read it a bunch of times. Right. <laughs> Well, because I didn't, I didn't memorize shit. I hadn't figured out the system until then, which was just regurgitate. And the system is fucking awesome. It's a system I've never seen in real life. Um, no. The system is first day of school is hey guys, this is what you got to do. I Here wrote it, is. it down for you. Yes. Do this, you're set. You get an A. Right. Whereas whenever you get a job, even like a, a simple simple job, like even like being a janitor or something. There's stuff where it's like, it's just not, it's never clearly explained. No. Until you like totally fuck it up. No, and I loved academia for that because I was good at school. Yeah, me too. What happened was the minute I got out of my home and I could stabilize my own emotional world, like, I love the meritocracy of academia. I knew it too. I I knew this is is the prime of my (laughs) life. Me too. I had a band. I used to go you skateboarding. Did? Fuck yeah. What was band. your band? The Pimp Daddies. Shut we the were, fuck We were ridiculous. <laughs> I'm glad this was pre-internet. But, uh, you know, we were like a, a band. We, I was a rapper. It's two other rappers. Guitar. No. There's a bass. There's a drums. You're yeah. good, but you're a good rapper because you All rap right. in your, in your yeah. act a little bit. And Thank you have you. a pretty good... Uh, you have good... Thank you. I got I good... Good flow. I got good rhythm. But at the end of the day... Here, we put it here. At the end of the day, if you're white... Yeah, it's a tough But this was a good time to be a white rapper because in retrospect, it sounds ridiculous. But at the time, the Beastie Boys were the band and mixing rock and roll. And it was before new metal. New metal took it too far. Yeah. And that's what happened to the white rapper. Yes. Oh, you're right. New metal took it too far. For a while in the in the mid 90s, it was totally acceptable. It was on both ends of the spectrum, hip hop and alternative music, as long as it was halfway decent. All right. It's oh halfway God, decent. The Beastie Boys are so good, too. They're, they're amazing. They blow my oh, fucking mind. Me, too. And I just got into them again, like, in the month of April. I just I downloaded all their albums again, because I had them all on CD. And I was like, these motherfuckers are so smart and positive. It's not about fucking bitches and just dumb. It's, it actually was about pretty thoughtful things right. in some places. Right. Like, they, especially they had their coming heads right. From, especially coming from guys that made License to Ill. But right. that stuff's just like a big yeah. cartoon. But they were 18, they 17. Were 18. And that's the other end of it. It's like, they were 18 and they made like one of the best rap albums ever. Which was my first. So yeah, that was my first tape as a in fifth grade was License to Ill. And I memorized every word of it. And it was I best. started losing my mind a, Recently, over the second track on uh, License to Ill. <laughs> Just that one was like, four and three and two. two and what one. up? And when I'm on the mic, the suckers run. And Just that guitar. And it's fucking sick. It's all good. And, and the older I get, the more they blow my mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, all they skills. did was knock it out of the park. Mm-hmm. A lot of times before people were ready for it. Uh, yeah. A couple of times before people were ready for it. Well, and I just watched that documentary with Kathleen Hanna. Oh, yeah. Punk Rock Singer. I was watching that last night. How great is that? It's fantastic. And I had no idea she was with... She um, is with Ad Rock. Ad Rock, yeah. Adam Horowitz. Did not know. And the, how great of a couple are they? Especially <sighs> being someone that's married to a creative person yeah. as well. I was like, yes. She's so yes. adorable. When I she dances her. to the fucking music. 
That shit kills me. I love her. And I grew up, see, so that's my era. I grew up loving Riot Girl, Bikini Kill. Right. That's my lane of rebellion. Like, that's, that's, oh, I love Yeah. Her. We're definitely come from the same time. We're like the last of the hippies in a way. Oh, we're the last, like, we're the children of the hippies. Your parents weren't yeah. hippies, but, but the generation were, was. But they, they, hated the status quo my parents escaped from communist hungary right so my father loved the beatles loved counterculture right hated the system so opted out right so i'm watching i'm also yes. watching it was a long night last night okay I mean, <laughs> just watching fucking netflix all night because we're just in the middle of we're, nowhere you're in hartford bro so i'm watching the pearl jam 20 documentary okay as well okay and i'm looking at this stuff i'm like this stuff has way more to do with my father's generation than it does with the current generation I mean, can I tell you something, I'm Matt? Somewhere in the middle, but you're—I've always said this to you off mic. You, yes. you're like the Yoda. Okay, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, Matt Volstron is one of the most insightful human beings, and he doesn't let on. He's going to be all modest and be well, like, thank you. "No, I'm no, not. I'll take credit." You, you know everything. You should have studied philosophy. Did you ever take philosophy? I did take philosophy. Yeah, oh, I mean, I was a little young it. for it, but um, but go ahead. So I, go back to where, where I went there. to high school was very like philosophy heavy because it was a Catholic school, but they preached, not preached. They taught every religion. They taught, um, including the religions. What is it? Uh, agnostic. Oh, agnosticism. And what's the other one? The halfway atheism. One? And atheism. Well, they ag- agnostics are the halfway. Atheists are the full. Forget so, about so it. So they were never like it was never like hey they yeah. were like if, 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 in one respect they were like here's the truth here's the answer. Right. But here's what a lot of different people think. Here's what these idiots think. <laughs> Not Catholic. Yeah. yeah. It was almost like, but it was more like the teachers were coming from an idea that like, all right, we can't tell you that uh, Catholicism is wrong, but here's, it's actually a very cool thing for a Catholic school to do, mm-hmm. you know. But you're a watcher. You're an observer. I feel like you and I are kindred spirits in that way. Like, yeah. You see what's up. You're, you're able really to articulate and synthesize it more. I tend to get lost in the emotions of it. Yeah. I get really like, hmm, like I shut down. Right. But you have a really good mind for this kind of shit. I can't turn my brain off and I'll just think about like the most trivial things in the world and like what they mean. Me too. Like I'll just I obsess it. over it. I can't sleep. I can't nothing. Me too. You know, which is why I could become a heroin addict, and I'm very <laughs> like very cautious about my alcohol intake and pot sure. intake, and like, okay. Point of story is Pearl Jam. Go for it. What's the theory? This is your dad's. Oh no, 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 no. That's the whole thing. It's like I like that. Like, like okay, that was my music. Pearl Jam, Nirvana. Yes, the Nirvana, grunge stuff, yes. the early '90s stuff. But if I look at it now, it seems more like lumped in with. My dad's music, mm-hmm. classic rock, stuff like that. It's still my music, mm-hmm. but it seems like there's a drop-off there. Mm-hmm. And um, you look at these Pearl Jams and these Nirvanas, mm-hmm. and they have a totally different value system that young musicians have today. Absolutely. Even the rock musicians. They want to get in commercials. Yes. They want to be, quote-unquote, rock stars. Do you yes. remember yeah. how much our guys, our bands, were like, I'm not a rock star. <laughs> they resisted. I was at, like, Eddie Vedder almost jumped off a bridge because he was on Time Magazine. Mm-hmm. You know, like, this stuff was, like, really serious to them. They just, mm-hmm. were, they were, like, really into music. They were, re- they were very genuine. And you, they but, honestly weren't after money. I don't think they were. But do you Kirk think? Kirk killed himself. He did, but, but, but do you think that that was genuine or it was the status quo of we can't act like we want fame? And the internet culture comes along and everybody wants their 15 right, minutes. Right, right, right. Going back to road rules, I was the, be- unfortunately, we were one of the beginnings right. of that movement. Of, yeah. I just want to be famous for the sake of being right. famous. And like. I don't know. I don't know if our guys were genuine because I I love I watched John Lennon like I love the Beatles and yeah I, yeah yeah and he very much wanted the spotlight. If you for if sure you listen to him, yeah, he very much is cognizant of his um his persona and what he's doing and having the love ins and all of this crap yeah. and Yoko. He liked to manipulate the media. Yeah, he liked to use it in his advantage. So, he did and, have a good message. You, you got to believe if you ran into the Beatles when they were teenagers, they would be all about. Like, oh, you guys are going to be big stars one day. Good. We don't believe you, but good. Right. That's what we want, you know? But, but I did appreciate the um, the rejection of the idea of being a rock star. I appreciate yeah. it because now you're like, ugh, it's so gross. Right. Like, Iggy Azalea makes me want to vomit. And, like, 
It all makes me it makes me sick. Yeah, yeah. Like Lady Gaga, like who the f- what are you ta- Lady what are you talking about? You're doing Bowie. Right. Doing Madonna, but doing with, like real shitty computer music. Horrible music. And Madonna was horrible like, you too. You didn't really but. write. Kind of, I mean, no. she might have wrote some of the songs, but there's no. like there's people seriously been hired to make the music. Absolutely. It's uh I feel like it is soulless and it's this postmodern referential. Right. Everything's a reference to something and right. nothing's like original. So watching those two documentaries last night, yes. it was like really warm to my heart because it was just like there was just these uh, unknown people who really just wanted to make like cool fucking music yeah, and I yeah. just thought it was really fucking cool. And um I don't I don't see that place in in like in like with comedy anymore. I think we like mm. I really have to do we really have to do like like mainstream things. Mm. And then the alternative Venues are a whole different bag of of click, and you have to do this a certain way. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I hopefully. Oh, duh, the podcast. Yeah, that's our that's our area to create and that do whatever is. we want. I think like the podcast is the uh, the Eddie Vedder. It is the uh, this the is our subculture. little punk rock movement. Yes, this is it. This is the remnants. Do it of yourself. The, movement. Yes. This is DIY. This is like the zines. This is equivalent of a zine. Yeah. And the absolutely, 90s. absolutely. Yeah. I know, I know. So, god damn it, you're in, <laughs> you're in San Francisco. This generation is doomed. Yeah. Okay. So I, I was, I was in San Francisco. I came back from a year abroad in England, and I absolutely loved Europe and mm-hmm. the foreignness and smoking cigarettes and being smart and blah blah blah. Right. And I was depressed. I came back and I was depressed. I had no money. I rented a closet under the stairs, literally, in this five-bedroom flat with yeah. my friends for $350 a month. Yeah. I was broke, and I wanted to go travel again, and I saw this flyer for a show for Road Rules, and at the time, I, I only knew the real world, and I wanted to be on the real world, because yeah. really? I did. I did. Forget the first season of the real world, um, my generation really liked that show. I loved it. I grew up on them. it was different back then. It was everybody in the house... Um, had an objective yeah. as to what they wanted to do in New York City. Yeah. Even if one of them was a model, still. Yeah. He was delving into the model business. Yeah. One guy's a musician, one guy's an artist. Yeah. It was like, whoa. It was really fucking cool. And on top of that, we'd never seen a, like, a, a show like that. Well, and also we had never seen a gay person on TV. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The second season? Norm was like, the first like they gay were, person. Yeah, and it was like a... Um, like there was one gay guy that had, had AIDS in San Francisco, right? Yes, Pedro. Right, and that was like they painted him as like a sympathetic character. Whereas growing up in the eighties, they didn't always take people who were dying with AIDS. They didn't always take their side. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, as far as I can remember. Yeah, and it I was th- very much like, well, you got what you deserved. Yeah, like it was very right. like there was still like a very <laughs> like, well, you, I mean, you know, but you're gay. You, surely. It's your fault. You know? Yeah, AIDS. What there was a hysteria around AIDS in the eighties. Nobody knew how you could get it. They right. just automatically blamed the gays. Right, right. This anti-homophobic yeah. uh, blah, blah blah blah. And they wouldn't. They wouldn't do any. They wouldn't. They wouldn't do as much. The government. This is just based on a couple HBO drama mm-hmm. dramas I've seen. The government wasn't as interested <laughs> because the government wasn't that interested in saving gay people. So right. they weren't that interested. Excuse me. Oh my God! What is this? It's drinking beer. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. You see this? Yes. And I grew up on it, and I loved it, and I thought I want to be a part of this, but I also want to get the fuck out of the closet that I'm living in right. in San Francisco. Right. So I see a flyer. <laughs> I could isolate that sentence. <laughs> <laughs> so broke, so broke, and just yeah. full of like adventure. And right. I, you know, I went to this open audition for it, and I went and I took a shot of alcohol. And I remember when I talked to this nice casting lady named Kara who ended up being on The Real World uh, Seattle and having a relationship with Dave, David. But anyway, I didn't know that at the time. That happened later. Um, And then what what it is is they they ask you a bunch of questions and then you keep coming back. So four interviews into it. And then on the final interview, they bring in a psychologist. Now, here's the dirty little secret. If you want to get on a reality show, cry in the interview. (laughs) (laughs) You Uh, didn't know that, though. But you did. But it. I figured it out. You did figure it out because by the fourth, by the final interview, first of all, they give you your contracts. This is back in the day. This yeah. is in nineteen ninety, probably ninety five or something. Seven, right? no, ninety seven, ninety eight. Uh, they give me a contract and they go, "If you want to be on this, if you want to be considered as a finalist, you have to sign this right now." And I go, "I can't have an attorney 
look right, at this? Right. No, sign it right now. And it was a ridiculous contract and would never hold up right now in court, obviously. I sign it. I go into the interview. There's a psychologist there who's never been in the interviews before, who knows everything about me because I've told them everything about me. Yeah. And she does this shit where she's like, so, Christina, you don't get along with your mother. Tell me about that. Right. You don't, your sister's on meth. Tell me. Yeah. And, uh, and I was like, oh, this bitch wants me to cry. And it's between me and 16 other people. Guess what? I'm going to cry. Because they want to see if you can cry? Yes. Because they want you to yes. cry a bunch of times. Well, the the idea being that they want people that are emotionally like vulnerable and available like on an camera. Actor. Yes. Right. Exactly. Right. Hey, except I don't I'm not good at acting. That's funny. I should be, right? But but I'm not. You can do it in, but they're seeing if you, if you can do it in front of people, basically. Yeah. So I cry and I get on um, and I get on road rules and they filmed for 2 months. Now that's that's unheard of. Now they manufacture it. Like Duck Dynasty, everything is scripted. Scripted, right. Back then it wasn't none of us hooked up. None of us really fought. There was right. like two fights on the whole series. It really was six kids having fun in a Winnebago in Australia. Yeah. And drinking and partying and like no drama. Right. Really minimal. Right. Now the show would never fly. People right. would be bored to fucking tears. Yeah. And you, but like you, you feel a bond with most of these people that you're traveling with and yeah, and, you know, the weird thing is about reality worlds is that because you're in such a heightened reality, mm-hmm. You, it's all you know, twenty four seven, and yeah. you do form a sick bond. Like when I people watch The Bachelor and they go, "Well, how can it be that she's in love with him?" After, well, you're in a heightened reality. Right. You're in a time space continuum that doesn't exist. It's I very weird. I still have um, like a huge bond with the people I was on Last Comic Standing with. Oh, good. and that was only like three or four days. Right. You know, but I'm I'm still friends with like many of those people. Right, because it's this you're part of this bizarre fraternity. Right. This bizarro alien experience yeah. that no one I still and am you close live in with the same everyone. areas, like they make your room together in uh last comic standing when I did. Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did they um put cameras in your room? No, they didn't. But still like you're like there with someone you don't know. Like oh, and so like bizarre. You know, until I'm fucking eighty five. I'm still going to be like, what's up, Joey Gay? Do you know who Joey Gay is? <laughs> oh, Joey Gay. Yeah, Joey Gay is my roommate. Oh, cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they didn't film you like in the... I remember the bathrooms were off limits. They couldn't film us in the bathroom. Right, 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 right. That was the only place off limits back then. Yeah. But that came after. You guys were like in the 2000s, yeah. This was 2006. Oh, okay. You know, so... But this is still very much experimenting with reality TV at, yeah. at, at this point that you did it because basically it's... Before Survivor and after Survivor. Oh, Survivor right. was the one Ugh. where it was like it, it, everyone, the whole nation was paying attention to Survivor. And after that, you know, tons of reality yeah. shows after that. You know, and I have a hard time with Survivor because it's so mean-spirited. Yeah. And I really don't like it because right. I do feel like it brings out the worst in humanity. And I, oh, it's just like voting people off. Yeah, right? I don't like that. And no one voted off on our, on road rules. Right, 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 right. Um, I don't like Survivor. I, I, I don't like the challenges of right. road rules in real world because it's not the spirit of the show. <laughs> why, why would I sit on an ice block? Yeah. To win a bicycle, or why would I light myself on fire? I'm a grown up. Like, why are you assholes doing I know the how challenges? To make yeah, I said bicycle. You guys are forty. Stop doing it, this well, fucking show. That's what show. it comes down to. Is a lot of people are like, I do want to be on TV. Yes, I do want to be on. Which TV. I do too, but now it's to further a comedy career, right, right. and I I still love I love reality shows. I watch them. I love being on them. Yeah, I I think it's a Chuck Barris invented it with the Gong Show. Right, and I fucking love it. I love everything. Yeah. Except for Survivor. <laughs> it's, it's funny. Uh, uh, Daniel Tosh had a joke where he's like, this is why other countries hate us. He goes, we have a game show in this country to live someplace where people already live. <laughs> <laughs> right. He's fucking right. Right. You know? That is somebody's home. So you're... And so where road rules. Like, where do you yeah. go? Where do you travel on road rules? So my season was for Australia, and it started in Sydney, and yeah. then we went all up and down the East Coast, mm-hmm. and then back to Melbourne, and then that was the show, two months of that. It's really fucking exciting, right? It's so much fun. And so you're what, like 22, 23? Yep, 21 or 22 at the time. I just turned 22. That's the best. It was the best. What, what were you if doing you at 22? If you could 20? buy 22... <laughs> 
people be robbing liquor stores for that shit. But you know what, though? I was so full of anxiety, too. I didn't, I didn't enjoy my life. I still don't fully because I'm so full of anxiety. Yeah, no, I think I definitely had more anxiety and more like, um, oh, if, some, if people find this out about me, oh. then I'm, I'm, I'm done. What, Do you know what I mean? What were you the most afraid of? At Stupid 22? things like like I used to wear contact lenses. Like if people know I wear glasses, <laughs> they're gonna think I'm a fucking nerd. Or uh, or I also didn't understand how can I put it? Like just any self doubts. Like if yeah. anybody knew any of my self doubts, I would feel fucking mortified by it, or just like how in my head I was. Yeah. But I had a lot going for me back then, and, and I knew it because, um, like finally grew into my you know grew into like looks that's what's great about like 22 like at least you have your looks going for you and you know it because you used to be kind of goofy looking yeah just a couple of years ago but the thing is at 22 everybody has their looks going for them yeah 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 everybody no and it's kind of exciting ah um and like i was uh you know i was way into skateboarding so it's good to be 22 that's the perfect age because you've got all this experience but you're not done yet physically so you're just like a killer you're so good looking. You know? You're so like you can cool. Skate and uh, you, yeah, no one thinks you're lame. Yeah, <laughs> you can no eat. One thinks you're lame. <laughs> you can. You it was can, like that guy's cool. Oh, you're the coolest. You know what I mean? You can eat as much as you want, drink as much yeah, as you yeah, smoke yeah. as many cigarettes, right. do drugs, and, and then you show up at work or whatever, and they're like, "Ah, that's just Matt. He's 22. He's awesome. You know what I mean? At least he's funny. You know. <sighs> you know the one thing I regret is that I. I didn't know. I wish you knew that. I wish I knew I that. I think I did know that. You and did? I think I was terrified of old age because I, I was very conscious and very aware that this is it. And that, that's an anxiety I had. I'm like, this is going to go away. Yeah. Then when I turned 30, I'm like, well, it really hasn't gone away that mm. much. That's what happens when you live in the city. Yes. It's like nothing's changed. I have to that's change true. It. That's true. I, I could still get by on my looks. I could still like pretend like I'm cool. I can still fucking skateboard if I want to. Uh, All yeah. these things you can still do because you don't fall into the traps of the suburbs, which is like a family, blah, blah, blah. I call oh, them yeah. traps because I think they are a trap in your 20s. In your 20s, they are because you marry your you know, high school sweetheart. But in some cases, that works out very well for people. I've known people have done that. and It's fantastic. For me, it would have been a disaster. Right. You know, but... Um, but yeah, but us city dwellers. And me, it just would have been a divorce. <laughs> <laughs> who was your? A disaster. Oh, let's talk about who was your? Who was your first love? Can, uh, I mean, no names. Let's obviously. see, first love. Well, here's the thing. This is a thing that's like very much ingrained in my head mm-hmm. that I don't think about that much. But there was a girl in high school that like I really liked, and she would just like like me enough just to keep me interested, mm. but never really. Never really would like lock it, you know, would never really go out with me. And so I wasted a lot of time on her because I saw too many John Hughes movies. Ah. And I saw too much of nice guy fucking finishes first as long as he hangs in there and Ducky gets the chick at the end of the fucking pretty in pink. And I really bought into this philosophy that Hmm. like the 80s movie kind of fucked me up because now I know if I just would have gone out with a bunch of other girls, which would have been great in and of itself. I would have got that one chick. That's right. In fact, this girl hits me up on Facebook mm, pretty consistently. Like, hey, just want to let you know, like, you're a really good friend. It tries to get me, like, sucked in with the same thing, with the the friendship thing. Mm -mm. It's like, are you kidding me? And then when I didn't really pick up on it in college because I didn't have to. Like I said, you're younger. You're good looking. I was funny. You can just get by on it. And then when I got to L.A., I heard about this. Like, I started doing open mics. I think it's really what it was. I started listening to fucking that asshole Tom Likas. <laughs> really? He's Dump the best. that bitch. That guy was the best. But the he best worst. was a dick. But yeah. he brought out a bunch of philosophies that I'd never heard before. Yeah. So then I went to that side of it. Mm. And, you know, in my older age, I've, like, compromised in the middle. Like, all right, I'm not going to be a dick, but I'm definitely not going to be overwhelmingly nice. Yeah, I'm just going to be myself. I, I still be sweet as shit. I lay it on thick if I like you, and I'm not because I'm not scared of the worst case scenario anymore. Mm-hmm. Oh, you think I'm too nice? I'll fucking live. Right. Like I really want to be myself, That's and I'm pretty nice. 
You know what I mean? But at the same time, I'm quiet enough that women are like, what's he thinking? Ah, there you go. The mystery. <laughs> that, and, but you I think I that's mean? the way to go for, for dudes that are listening. I mean, look, don't do the, yeah. don't do the dick thing. Like just to be, unless you just want to get laid. It comes and out. It, it kind of works with like 20 year old girls. Right. They really like that. What really works is just focusing on what you want to do. Really focusing on it. Mm-hmm. Really putting all your energy into it. And then people will notice you. Mm-hmm. It's the modern chest beating. If you're true. into your job or even your hobby, mm-hmm. people are going to be into you. You know, it's funny because it's like what you and I were just talking about with skaters. Like growing up in L.A. in, the, in like 6th and 7th and 8th grade, I thought skater boys were the fucking shit. Well, they're perfect because they're not, um, they're not part of a, um, like a, like a team or an organization. Like they're not. What are they? They're call not that? nerds. They're not like you know football team. They're not or nerds. Whatever. And they're yeah. not football. They're still athletic, right? But it's very individual. So it's like a right. very mixed up. It's very um, oh, just uh, anti-authority, but yeah. at the same time, like just completely organized on an individual level because you still have yes. to make all those tricks and you eat a lot of shit. But but see, that's what's attractive to girls, at least to me, is that it was so independent. It was so individualistic. It was so counterculture. But these boys were so young and so cool. Right. And I think, to at least to me, that's attractive in anybody. Yeah. Who they, they go to their own beat and they like... Well, skateboarding had a huge shit. effect on me, obviously. Yeah, uh, for and sure. It, and it applies. It just... All it did was transfer into stand-up. Mm-hmm. So skateboarding is this group where like the most creative wins in a way. The most creative wins... On top of that, it's like there's a there's an image involved in, in making it, um, but it's very much like it's very much against the grain. And I think stand ups very much against the grain. Oh, for sure. You hang out with the same type of of people in mm-hmm. a way, and then there's the other aspect of it, which is like you really have to take huge risks and mm-hmm. eat a lot of shit mm-hmm. to mm. to to be good at it. Mm-hmm. And so it's the same. That's a that's a kind of different idea but it's the same thing it's like you have to really commit yes you can't make a trick by just doing something similar to it you have to really like try to land it which is going to make you eat shit or pull it off and that's what you have to do in front of people all the time it's the same exact thing yeah and and that's like stand-up has taught me i think i was so insulated as like a philosophy major i thought i was so smart and so great and then you take this risk and this gamble every night in front of people and you learn to be okay with your flaws. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's you huge. Learn, and that it's it, accepting yourself and all of its shittiness and, yeah. and its coolness is like... But that's the good thing about being our age. It's like, okay, well, I may not be aesthetically perfect anymore. I may right. have to work really, really hard to maintain yeah. <laughs> a level of shittiness. Yeah. But, but fuck, my brain's way better than it was. Brain's so good. Yeah. And then you get to see... Um, you get to see other people that you look up to eat shit. That's a yeah. real treat of being a stand-up comic. That's nice. You watch enough stand-up <laughs> that you see like the best people in the world eat dicks. Yeah. And you go, well, all right then. Yeah. You know what's funny? I do, I'm on this stupid TBS show and like um, every week we do these dumb challenges and I think I was really okay with failing a lot. And I right. hated that people got eliminated for failure. I was like, yeah, but every week I fail. I fail constantly. Right. As much as I succeed, I fail. Right. All the time. Nobody teaches you that. I caught the tail end of that last night. You're so relaxed on that show. Oh, right. And you're totally just like, just swearing and (laughs) it's fucking awesome. Thanks, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love reality TV. I I hate that there was, you know, when I did that show, I came off that show and I wanted to be a comic and I wanted to be an actress and there was a stigma. People so, thought I was a oh, fucking piece really? of shit. So, yeah. so let's talk about it. You get home. So it was just basically a trip to Australia? Yeah. Was the whole deal? Yeah. I took a semester off when I did that. And, and then I you guys back. just do challenges on, <laughs> yeah. and they film it, right? Yeah. And they take away all your money. So you have to do them. And you sign release forms and you're wrestling crocodiles and right. shit. So then you land back where? In San Francisco? Yeah. Because I hated my home. Yeah. And you go <laughs> and you go, you go like, what do I do? Well, I go back to school because I, I have a couple of semesters left. Oh. Oh, okay. But now I'm a big celebrity, right? Immediately? I had to take a couple oh. months, right? I had to take a couple months for it to air. And then all of a sudden, people that never t- talked to me. Were you in school? Yeah. Like, you, you're like, so it's on one night, and like, did you have that feeling like, 
oh, I'm going to be famous tomorrow? Or yeah. Or you just kind of wondering? But you kind of knew, right? No, I knew because people People knew. don't know how big MTV was back in the day before, the, before you could watch your computer. Yeah. TV was everything. And MTV was still pretty cool. It mostly played music. It was mostly where people got their hip fucking hip hop and yeah. rock and roll from. Still. Yeah. Into barely into the 2000s. You saw it with it's, like it's gone the now. Strokes and the White Stripes, that era, going into maybe 2002, 2003, and then it was just gone. Yeah. Just like that. Yeah, the darkness. That was like the, the last The darkness thing. was the, the last era. I was like, oh. It was the Britney Spears video where she's yeah. on an airplane. Yeah. Like yeah. fucking taking yeah. over the airplane. You know, where she's maybe a terrorist. We- maybe Weezer. <laughs> yeah, like Weezer had a, a video. The darkness, Thing Called Love, was the last mm-hmm. MTV sensation. That was the best, dude. Oh, I loved it. But Rock I and Roll was know. back. The thing is, I was so dumb that I didn't know that that we were that popular. I didn't know I was that successful about right. at being famous, whatever. I got like prison fan mail. And I, I really, now looking back, I should have parlayed that into a road career. I just didn't, I didn't know at the time. Well, you didn't know about stand-up know. comedy then. Not really. And I wish I had. So you, you decide you're going to get into acting after college? Yeah. Cause so I, I, so I, I graduate, I go work at MTV cause I can just no get a kidding. job there. Yeah. I worked in production. With a guy named Chris Abrego, who ended up owning 51 Minds, who is like a huge reality producer now. Yeah. And I worked on Fanatic, and I worked on some other MTV shit. And Chris Abrego says to me, you know what? You're a real fuck up. You should be a comedian. He said that? (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Because I was bad at my job. And he goes, goes, go do the Groundlings. And I did the Groundlings, and I hated it, because I don't fucking like pretending I'm in a donut shop. For those that don't know, the Groundlings is, they teach you how to do sketch comedy. And most people from Saturday Night Live come from there. Right, which is why SNL fucking sucks. So. <laughs> Burn! <laughs> oh, take that! Take that, well, Lauren not, Michaels. Look, let's be honest. It's not been funny since the very beginning when it was subversive. It's not funny. Yeah, no, I don't enjoy it. It fucking sucks, yeah. The only thing I give them credit for is they came up with it this week. Right. That's all I respect. And that's hard. But And I'm like, oh, well, that's great. But like, we, like that makes a better reality show than it does. Yeah. Like, that's what your show is. That's what my this show, TV yeah. show yeah, is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, all right, here's these guys coming up with this stuff. Let's like see how good day. it is. In a day. So Saturday Night Live is that without, with, but b- b- trying to get you to pretend like they didn't just come up with it. You're supposed to accept it as if it's a movie that's been worked on for a year and a half. And why not just do a half hour show every week? Like, why do... Who the fuck wants <laughs> to watch an hour and a half anything? And the, half the, most of the sketches aren't worth a shit. Man, fuck Saturday Night Live. Fact- <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Even though I'd totally beat on that show if they asked me. So what did you do? Yeah. Did you okay, do like so. I did? You checked the uh, the LA Weekly. I did. Yeah, yeah for open mics. They used to have all the open mics listed in LA Weekly. Here's the, here's the dirty truth, though. I took an actual stand up comedy class, okay. and I know you're not supposed to. You know, here's the thing, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go I'm gonna go open with this. I'm gonna, okay. I'm gonna take a stand here. Okay. Nothing wrong with a comedy class because yeah. a it's just like an acting class. You have to show up every week, yeah. and you have to produce. So it gets you out. It, even if you're scared to death, which you are, yeah, you have to do it. Yeah, that's the first thing. The second thing is they actually can teach you a couple of valuable things about stand up. Oh my god, some small things that you're just not going to pick up on on your own. Or it'll take you four fucking years to know. When I get on stage, I pull the mic out of the stand. I put the stand behind me. Just regular years. shit that it's nice to have someone explain to you. Yes, it's not that expensive. It's not like no. There's nothing wrong with it. It gets shit on. I wish it wasn't a stigma, and I'll tell you why. Because I would love to teach a class. Oh, because be I great. would love to talk about all this shit. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like I have some huge ideas to tell people. I know I do, because I talk to people about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's a huge fucking stink on it. Yeah. Because, I mean, let's face it. If you are teaching, it is kind of like because you're not knocking it out of the park. Um, right. But the big argument is you can't teach funny. You can't. And I, you can't. And I, but, but I agree with that. we're not trying that. to teach funny. We're trying to teach the format. Right. And that's what no one understands. Like, it's a format. Like, writing, like doing a song. Right. Or making a short. Right. There's certain things that go with it. And, like, I'm still learning. So it's so fun to talk to people who are still learning because it's like, oh, yeah. That's you how you do that. This stuff. So, sorry, yeah. kids. You could be taking the full charge. Uh, stand-up <laughs> class, but like Doug Stone, Stanhope would rip me. I know. And, uh, so it's not going to happen. Sorry, guys. Well, Doug Stanhope is right to rip those. the guy who I love it. was I love doing it. it because he was Usually charging. Be- <laughs> yeah. 
No, the guy I took, I'll tell you who. His name is Greg Dean. He's right. in Santa Monica. Uh, it was a fantastic class, and he, he does what you just said. Where it's a week, once a week, you gotta you gotta go up, you gotta you work gotta, it. You gotta write. And all he does is teach you things like set up and punch. What is that? He yeah. teaches you the structure so that you can deconstruct it and do it your way. They can't give you the jokes. Right. Nobody can keep writing your act for twelve fucking thirteen right. years. I've forgotten. I haven't forgotten everything I've learned, but. I've rewritten it to fit me, right. which is what you do with yeah. anything you learn. Learn the structure so that you can deconstruct it. We would we would all even um, benefit from taking like an advanced class oh, where yeah. like five people get to go up and do stand up in front – or not five people, maybe like 20 people. We all go up and we do like new jokes in front of each other. Yeah. Like a safe place. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's what, that, that's what comedy class is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. should be. Like, and that's one thing we're missing. Uh, and that's one that's like you hear us whining on our podcast all the time. <laughs> one thing we're missing from uh, stand up uh, as an artist, we don't have our safe place. Not anymore. We are never yeah. in a safe place. The only time we're in a safe place is those three or four seconds where the laughter is going. Yeah. And then we have to start over again. I know. Everybody else gets like a safe, like actors. Like, have you ever seen actors on set? They like, you are not allowed to fuck with these people. Mm mm. You are not allowed to fuck with these people. Mm-mm. Meanwhile, people would just be like, not funny! <laughs> <laughs> like, totally oh. fuck you up. At your weakest moment, when you just got up there and your first joke didn't oh. hit, they're like, boo! You know, and it, and it, oh, and it kills me on Funniest Wins, like, you know, they'd be like, edit down, you know, make a music video yeah. or make a sketch. And you're like, yeah, well, where's the risk in that? It bored yeah. me to tears. Right. I was... Oh, he's getting off stage. Okay, let's keep going. Okay, I was so bored because I'm like, you mean I got to fucking shoot this, edit this, yeah, and then maybe get a few chuckles from the fucking sketch, right? And I can't tweak it. I can't, you know, you can't change it. Where's the rush? Where's the thrill of the gratification? Yeah, and it's pussy, in my opinion. Like you get up there and you put yourself on the line. Yeah, be a yeah, fucking yeah, yeah, soldier. Yeah. Be a marine right, about right. your comedy. Take right. risks. There's no risks if you get to edit before you put it out and no, polish it. No. Like, oh, Christ. But hopefully that's what we'll all ease into. Uh, a much easier edited. can't wait. Presentation. Oh, I can't wait to make TV Just money. disable oh. comments. <laughs> <laughs> Please. So, so, so you start doing comedy. Yeah. What year do you think? Um, I was 26, and I just remember I met you. So what right is that? Then. It was like 2003, probably. Yep. But I think, oh, oh, five. No, no, oh, three. You're right. God, oh, three. I, met, I remember meeting yeah. you in 2003. It was a very yeah. distinct moment in my life because oh, it's the good. first time I've been put through the grinder of um, like show business. It all very ha- happened very fast. I was young, and they were like, all right, you're good. You got five minutes. We're going to try to sell you a sitcom. Sitcom didn't wow. sell, and you're gone. Like, they didn't really fire me, but it was. I felt like I was really gone. That's right. And then I had to like really go, okay, well, what do I want to do? Me and Sickler were in the same – me and Ryan Sickler were in the same position. We both – they both tried to sell sitcoms based on our rookie comedy. And then they seemed done with us. And we were like, what do we, you know, what do we do? Like, that didn't work out. Like, what do we, you know, it seemed like a stri- – we didn't know. We just didn't know. And so we kind of started from scratch, the both of us. Mm. And uh, I just started doing – well, I, I never stopped doing stand-up. But, but in my mind, it stands out. Because I was like, all right, I'm doing stand-up for free with no real goal right now. And that's mm-hmm. right around the time I met you. And I think Tom, maybe, Tom Segura, we your husband. We all around the same time, Just yeah. started around then? Yes. And, um, man, that was fun. I showed up to Tangier. You just let me on so for God fun. knows why. But I loved you, and I knew that you were super funny. You, No, you just Tom, let me on for no reason. For no reason? No, I, I must have I was known friend of a friend. Friend of a friend. For fuck's sake. You were so funny, though. Uh, and that was like a really good show that you ran. And it oh, was really God, fun. Thanks. And then you gave it to me and Mike Hollingsworth, and we ran into the ground in about two weeks. Oh, Mike. <laughs> yeah, Mike Hollingsworth. Yeah. That That's was why fun. I got on. I'm pretty sure Mike was like, hey, what about. Eh, what about that? <laughs> that was the best, though. But you were so funny. You had that great joke about the vinyl matching your eyes, your, um, oh, yeah. your jacket, your jacket. <laughs> I mean, we were so cool back then. We oh, didn't even know how real. fucking cool we for were. Real. God damn it. I loved it. Yeah. I knew I was in the zone. You were. That's why I went to get on stage now, and I'm like, oh, I'm an old white guy. And it takes, it takes me two minutes to convince them I'm not like one of these old white guy comics. Yeah. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Like a, like a dad boner. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know. Fuck. It takes me a while, and I don't. And the only thing I can do is just kind of plow through for a couple minutes mm-hmm. until they go, oh, all right, all right, all right. 
Yeah, but you're you know. so cool. Like, I think you forget that you're still very cool and people still want to watch you and still want to be a part of your world. I appreciate it. Maybe it's just the first two minutes no matter what. Yeah. That first two minutes of meeting it's a bunch worst. of people. When they've, been, when they've been led in another direction by another comedian and they're like, okay, this is how this show goes. It's like if you were watching a movie yeah. and the first 15 minutes had That's a different true. tone. Than the next half hour. And then the last 15 the last minutes, hour, they put your check down in the middle of your movie. Right, and they're and like, like, can well, you pay your check, yeah, asshole? I don't care how this movie ends. I know. Popcorn wasn't that good. We have to pee really bad, man. All right, well, let's let's just let's just end this. Oh, okay. Oh, I'm uh, sorry. I didn't mean No, no, no. We got so much out I of it. I know. I can't. We I did more than we expected. We on podcasts. Okay. No, this is great. Well, next time, we'll do this again. We'll we'll have a real chat again. Yeah, we're, to be continued, we leave off when you start. We just left off oh, no. where you start doing stand-up. Okay, all right. All right? So all right. We, we haven't even started yet. Okay, good. Okay. This is great. I'll tell you road rules stories too, more specific asshole stories. Okay. About Eric Nice. <laughs> Yo, this is Eric from the Grind ah! signing off from the Full Charge Power Hour. <laughs> Respect. Peace. <laughs>